It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast, and I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. With me, as per usual, we bring you Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, John, what's going on, man? Um, we might have to change perspective on what we leave the show with going <laughs> <Right>? forward. <laughs> At the point where nobody wants to talk about the Packers anymore? Like, you it's, go into it's, work, it's, and what do you do? It's been, poo, it's been Pooh's honeypot for, since we started this podcast eight years ago. <laughs> you know, like, there was a one year that uh, that was kind of stinky, but uh, the 8-7-1 the and one year that we had to bear through, but we kind of knew that was going to happen yeah. because – Roger snapped his uh, collarbone, but uh, uh, yeah, no, this one's uh, this one's a little bit hard to take, and uh, thank God the Badgers are making it interesting. You know, yeah. at this at, at this current rate of travel, and the way everybody else is messing up in the West, they could possibly win the West. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to take out Illinois. I think it's Illinois no. to lose, but uh, yeah, yeah no, I think it, you're right. The, the West, the West is anything but uh, uh, a substantial league so but uh no it's uh it's been interesting the bucks uh you know as we're doing the podcast right now looking to lose their first game of the year but starting off nine and all yeah um yeah i i don't know what we're gonna do here maybe everything's we just, going well we just, but the packers so yeah that's just kind of where we are just maybe we just lead off with uw whitewater football <laughs> or lacrosse the higher ranked team but yeah whitewater did beat lacrosse um so we'll just say that we, we want to get it out there right away that you can follow this show on twitter in fact uh, you can follow us, the show. It's at Scotty Johnny Pod. Uh, and you can follow me at Not So Humble Host. I know you can follow Aaron because I follow Aaron. My son follows Aaron. My father follows Aaron. Uh, does the Pope follow Aaron? I don't know. It can't be proven. Uh, uh, it can't be proven. And the Pope, and the Pope I don't know. follows Aaron at, at Cheddar Talk. Yes, Perfect. No. All right. no, he doesn't. Who is the Pope these days? St. Benedict the 27th Cumberbach? No, just Francis. Just Francis. Francis. He doesn't even get a number yet. He only would, if he ever got a number, it would only happen after he's dead. That's so sad for him. I mean, he knows he'd be one, but he won't know. He will never see it. And and you're 52. (laughs) That would be your number. Jeez. 52? Wait, no, no, 54. Uh, my... 54, sorry. I thought, you were, I I thought you, were, you were picking on an age. I was like, I am not. Thank you. <laughs> I will get no, I there. Like, I, was like, I was like, what number would you wear? And I was oh, like, yeah. It's not, it was like 52. No, 54. wait. And I was already backpedaling before I could even get it out of my mouth. I, <laughs> I would be I would be uh, 43 or 86, um, only because 86 didn't look good on a baseball jersey. So I halved it for baseball. So I was 43. Um because I love enough. Antonio Freeman. Yeah. Nice. So I would be yeah. Pope Aaron the 43rd. <laughs> It'd be right on the back of my robe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works, right? You got to. Right. Exactly. But if somebody already has it, you're like, Benedict, I uh, really wanted 13. Can I buy that from you? I'll, uh... <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll trade you a colony in Eastern Asia. <laughs> I'll buy you golfing for the rest of the year right. if you give me back 13. No? Okay. Oh, you're yeah. dead. Oh, all right, all right then. <laughs> Britain, how about how about all those other small colonies? Word no. ones. Yeah, behind your back there. Jeez. All right. Well, let's kick everything off here and we'll get everything he going. Knows, he knows it's going downhill for a, yeah. a, a Packer season when it turns into the Eddie Hour impersonation. Yeah, just... Eddie, Eddie Izzard impersonation hour right off yes, the bat. We're going to be dying like a, like a fly in a cupboard. A fly in a cupboard. All right, everybody, we're going to kick it off with what we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, just I think contractually we have to begin with the Packers. Um, I don't know what contract. Uh, We have no contract, uh, so we're just going to do it. I, I almost can't, Aaron, just... Just what is this team? Uh, like, we want to look at the, the here's the the weird statistics that are great for this team. Um, the Packers wide receivers actually their separation at the point Aaron releases the ball is among the highest in the league. Everyone's like, uh-huh. well, the drop numbers, 
the number of drops players have trying to dive for a ball while open is ridiculous. Some of the drops, not all of them, some of them are stupid drops. Uh, almost all of them are Romeo Dobbs. But um, I mean, a bunch of them are. Romeo Dobbs turns out runs a hitch. The ball comes at his knee. He goes down to get the ball and doesn't catch it. Why don't right. you throw it at his chest? You could. Right. You used to do that. Um, Andy Herman had a great one up today, too. It's a video of just looking through. Tunyon is coming by, gets past the linebacker, turns left on a clear post route. Aaron mm-hmm. is looking dead square at him. He mm-hmm. is breaking clear to the middle of the field between the safeties. It's 15 yards downfield. Instead, Aaron looking right at this. Like you can see that his footwork is pointing, his shoulders pointed, his head is pointed. He is looking right at him. Mm-hmm. And then he turns and throws the ball out of bounds to no one. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I don't know what happened. He can't see the field. And when you he know, does, and- he can't throw it. He is skipping the ball to receivers on quick hitches. You know, and and so one of the things that Packers Twitter and it was on the radio today too about uh, getting after Lafleur about the the Bakhtiari eligible pass, right? Oh, like what what are you doing throwing that ball to Bakhtiari? You know, there's that's the reason why there was interception. Bakhtiari was wide open. Bakhtiari was Bad very throw. wide open. Like I mean, if you would have just lobbed a pass to him, it would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible pass by Aaron Rodgers. Like. And it's like, well, well, you know, you can't be cutesy. You know, this is a, a, a diehard moment of the season. They weren't being cutesy. That's an actual play. It worked. And it was it was it, in functionality. It worked. Everything worked except for the fact that Aaron Rodgers shorted that pass by about seven and a half yards right to a linebacker. <laughs> right. no, the instead defensive of, end. Instead of, instead of hitting the six foot five, 310 tackle who is lumbering towards the back of the end zone. I don't care who that is. That is a 99% chance, uh, 99%, 99% failure right catch, now. catching it. Yeah. It's yeah. failure by me right now talking. <laughs> um, but yeah, 99% anybody's going to catch that ball. Even the, the stone handedness fullback is going to catch that ball because mm-hmm. you're just going to roll around that and fall to the ground with it. Yeah. It's... That's how wide open Bakhtiari was. He, completely botched that one and the and weird the part about one, that one is just just so before you go to your next one there is is rogers is rolling out to the right and then turns and just kind of spins and whips it to the left like there's no way you should be making that throw unless you plant your feet and turn and step and he does yeah, he did it he did the kobe did the kobe fade away well <laughs> right kobe. yeah yeah well yeah, you, you had another point there though yeah. Before so, I interrupted, you had another point on the other one. No, I just meant then the next one too, like the next, you know, fourth and one, you know, where he skipped it off the defender's helmet for an interception. Everyone's like, oh, well, it skipped off. But I'm sorry. That's his the, fault. The, the, the Rogers apologizing is getting old right now. Like either he's either he's trying to quiet quit. Yeah. Or 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 something's going on here because I mean it's it's ridiculous. Like the, there's there's no way anyone regresses that much in one season. What? I don't know if he's trying to make someone pay or whatnot, but like, like he, he's hero balling it. Uh, he uh, yolo, you know, yeah. yolo balls as Woo! we as I heard the other day, you know, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> right. uh, yeah, yolo throws. But I mean those those last four throws when the, the this the, when Dan Campbell gifted them, you know, the ball at the forty three yard line with fifty seconds left and two timeouts. Yeah, he was trying I mean, to outstupid us. There was a time when if Aaron Rodgers got the ball on his own one yard line with 45 seconds left in the game, we were like, oh, well, and, I guess it's a chip chair and a chance. And three you know, timeouts, like, right? We had all three timeouts, I think, didn't we? Or do did we just have two? two? They had, I think they at least just had a, two timeouts. Yeah. They had two, I know. Two. But, I mean, we saw it in an Arizona game once upon a time where he took him 90-some-odd yards on two passes. And Jeff Janis broke his hip trying to catch one of the balls. You know, like, <laughs> you, know, I, I've, you know, we've seen it, like, Mm-hmm. in the past so what is this happy horse bleep that was the the final drive to the end zone like it, it was hero ball central and you know samari toure wide open so many times He's so wide yeah. open all over so yeah they're wide open all over the place he's what? just not seeing the field i i, I you know and at this point you, you almost have to call into question is this some you know only because it's the man and we've seen him be like petty like this in the past is this some sort of weird like passive aggressive trying to take it out on the packers and it's just going to play like crap on the way out because i don't i don't i don't know any other reason why 
Like, the, the other weird thing that does happen for this team right now is uh, look at Rodgers and his throwing. He doesn't stride into any pass. I mean, he's got the arm to kind of do short step strides, but he is he is sidearming every throw. So when you're like, well, the one ball was tipped. And I don't know why uh, Larry kept saying this. No, I'm sorry. Wayne kept saying this on the on the broadcast. He's like, well, they were both tipped. No, the one to the, the pick in the end zone to Hutchinson was not tipped. It was not tipped. He just flipped it to the defensive end. Mm-hmm. There was no tip there. I don't know why he kept saying they were both tipped. The one was tipped because Rodgers threw a sidearm. The ball never came higher than his head. And then he whips it like that and then hits a guy in the face. He's like, well, there's a reason why they always tell you. Like, I, I read Bruce Arian's book, uh, the Quarterback Whisperer book. Uh, it's fantastic and does a great job of teaching how to coach quarterbacks, too. Um, like part of what he's talking about is like getting the ball high and driving it downward to get the nose of the ball down so it's easier to catch. And mm-hmm. like you, that's exactly what you got to teach your high school quarterbacks to be doing. Uh, Rogers is sidearming it, keeps the nose high, and also doesn't get over the line because you're releasing it at the height of your own head, which, by the right. way, is right around the height of all of your linemen's heads. So he I, hits I, I, a linebacker right in the face. That was exact. That was one hundred percent Aaron's fault. It's ridiculous. It's getting it's getting so bad that he actually conceded fault during the post game conference because he knows he can't blame anybody else at this point. I mean, three red zone interceptions. I mean, we're talking about a guy who used to throw single digit interceptions for the season, and is now three red zone interceptions. That's not because of the wide receivers, folks. I'm sorry. Like he's had bad wide receiver years in the past. Bad you know, wide receivers it, it, don't make you throw the ball into a lineman's face. Bad wide receivers don't make you throw interceptions to the defensive end on your own, yeah, non-tipped it, it, it to the defensive make end. You, bad bad wide receivers doesn't make you overthrow those bad wide receivers when they're wide open. Yeah, he is missing open guys. Like, I mean, like anybody who is saying it's just the receivers and the drops is just not watching. And is not paying wow. attention to the people who can point out all the other things. And I'm sorry, the whole just hand wringing over they didn't they didn't go get a wide receiver. What what would one other wide receiver out there have done in this game? Right. Um, that's not changing anything. What's what's changing right now is that we don't have any players left. No, uh, nobody's left. So I mean, it's over. It's over, John. Yeah, it kind of is. And it's this is over. just kind of like you're playing out the stretch. We're going to see who quits. That's the thing we're going to be looking for at this point now is who are the players who quit? Um, and the other thing that I'm looking for is I would like to see it was nice and fun and easy when we had a cool young head coach who was coaching an MVP quarterback. Once he's not the MVP uh, and we can see his petulant side kicking through pretty hard and, right now. And just becomes and just becomes a toxic cancer, which he already well, has become. And yeah. can the head coach do something about it? Can he take over his own locker room? Because right now he is not running that locker room. And I yeah. don't I'm not trying to be terrible about it, but I mean I got some of those where they caught him on camera. At one point he's standing there after the second pick, where the one that he threw uh, he's trying to throw to Bakhtiari and he throws to Hutchinson. Um Rodgers is walking off the field. He's walking towards the head coach. So, I mean, like, LaFleur's there on the sidelines, and he goes, hey, right at Rodgers. and takes a little lean in towards him. Rodgers walks right past him, turns his head, apparently says something. I don't know if he said something to him or to the guy behind him. But when he walked right past LaFleur, and then LaFleur just turned away and walked down the sideline, didn't even acknowledge him. The fact that you as the head coach could say, hey, to your quarterback, and he's just like, not today. I'm just not doing that now. That what? What is that? Could you imagine Parcells or Belichick trying to call over any of the players they ever had and them getting a no and being like, hey, no. I mean, I mean, Brady's a giant a-hole, but when Belichick talked to him, he stopped and listened. You know, like right. He only I, yelled I'm at dead, people. I'm who dead serious. I'm dead serious. Brady's a jerk. No, you're right. He would he would have 100 percent listened to but that. If Belichick talked to him, and there was a couple times where he spiked back at Belichick, and Belichick turned into a porcupine. Like you can see the spines race off his back, you know, like if he chirped back at Belichick and Belichick would get right back at him in a second. 
and Tom would back down because he knew Belichick was right. He didn't back down from offensive coordinators, but he always backed down from the head coach. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's, I mean, this is the problem and, and, you know, and, you know, and I, I, we've, we've talked about it on this podcast. I wonder if this is the bed they are letting Aaron Rodgers make for himself Yeah, because this started last year when they brought back Cobb and Gunkunz was, well, I guess, you know, like now that the quarterback's running the team or, you know, whatever he said, you know, that offhanded, super passive aggressive comment, you know, and so this is, you know, like, yeah. you know, we're going to let, are they're going to let Roger, are they going to let Rodgers roast himself? I guess. It sure feels that question. way, right? It does. It feels like they're really just letting him hang himself out to dry. And I hope to God that Lafleur isn't part of the pro or isn't part of the casualties when this is all said and done. I kind of feel too. And and the thing is too, is that they, they, they've, they've laid a landmine now with giving Rogers that giant contract. Rogers doesn't have to, it's on Rogers to retire or request a trade. His choice. Yeah. They, they can't cut him or they're going to just be $50 million dead cap space for two years. And that's a huge dead hit dead. I mean, that's so much money that you'd have a hard time re-signing Jordan love. You're going to have to draft another quarterback. (laughs) Just you're going to have to redraft another quarterback just for financial reasons. They should draft another quarterback next year. Anyhow, because it's going to be a good (laughs) quarterback class. um, And they should be looking at that. They should. I mean, but the dead cap space alone between Rogers and Bakhtiari, which, you know, Bakhtiari is suspect at best. He's, at this point yeah. and it's a team it's, that went south quickly with a bunch of injuries and with the injuries we have now it's like sit Bakhtiari what are you going to do he's not going to win you games at this point um I'll tell you I'll tell you what there, there's a there's a quick two-game turnaround here with the Dallas and uh who do they play on the Titans night? sorry the Titans yeah. who played Kansas City really well last night and mm-hmm. I I'm seeing Derrick Henry running for 220, 220 and four touchdowns you yeah. know if the Packers are looking in the mirror and see themselves at three and eight, they're going to have to really wonder whether or not they're going to throw Aaron Rodgers on the bench and see what Jordan Love can do. They should be considering it at this point. And everyone's I'd like, say, "Well, you got to play him." I'm like, "They're I, going I, to keep this, playing at this point, yeah. not right now, because they're, if you you reel off two against two good teams and you're back to five and six, <laughs> that, then I mean, I mean, but no, you see no, what yeah, I'm saying? Like, I see you it. You can't, you can't just. But you, you and I both don't believe it'll happen. But yeah. season, with the 17 game season and seven playoff teams, you can't just at this point with the talent at hand, you know, even though there's a lot of injuries, you remember the Super Bowl year that when they won, how many people were injured that year? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, everybody. Jermichael Finley almost died. I mean, there were so many people injured that year and yeah. they and they and they made it and they won it, you know, and because it was back against the wall. Uh, Deshaun Jackson returning punts for uh, Philadelphia Super Bowl, right? Like against yeah. all odds, right? So you can't quite do that. However, if you lose two games and you're three and eight, then you're cooked because nine and eight, you're not getting into the playoffs. I'm sorry. Not, no. And you're going to have to start investigating into your future. Like, are you going to keep the love kid? What can he do? You've never seen him in the regular season outside of one game one against game Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's exactly. See, in my mind, you and I both don't believe they'll actually win, and that no. there is no chance for the playoffs at this point. No, when you're the coach, though, your game, you know, it's your job on the line. You want to fight a way back and find a way to do something. I, I mean, I just don't. I don't believe in this team right now. I don't have any understanding. They don't seem to believe in themselves. They walk around like everything that happens bad is the worst, and that they don't have that mindset. And no. they don't believe in their coaches right now. Like the, that no. defense does not believe in Joe Barry. No, I mean, no, should they? We are like three <laughs> games away uh, from Jair going rogue and calling the play in the huddle. I think you know. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> not I, literally, like, but yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and on, I'm listening because I had I had drilled this weekend. And I had caught most of the game in a van on a drive back from uh, Camp <laughs> Douglas. And I actually missed most of the fourth quarter, but and, and didn't miss much, yeah. obviously. But yeah, no, it's almost you know, comeback. Like, you know, <laughs> Jair is when Jair got that that weird uh, that that uh, not weird, but that uh, uh, the pick that he had, or no, not the pick, the uh, the oh, the, for, the kick, yeah, yeah, for the uh, uh, just of all the dumb things, and he missed the field goal, and then it turns into a two point play just right. on such a small thing. The but, flag yeah. for unnecessary roughness. Good lord, man! If you can tell, I'm on a Monday after a drill weekend. My brain is cooked. <laughs> um, yeah, no. When he got the flag for unnecessary uh, roughness, it's like 
he's he is going rogue because yeah. he is a really good player and he was sold a bad bill of goods and well, he's he frustrated prove, he's frustrated he wants to prove his point he wants to prove that he's a good player which he is he's there's great, no yeah. doubt about it but yeah you're right like he's the last good player on this team right now you know so yeah. or last really, i guess kenny's still kicking around in the front there he's doing but, great uh, yeah he's he's doing good but like it's it, yeah i mean you're gonna go rogue and you know you're talking about losing faith in the coaches let let's look back and i have i have a theory on this one that nobody's talking about okay but but you go into that that london game against the new york giants and you could already tell there was condescension in the ranks when Rodgers was blurting out about how coaches, you know, go oh, coaches, you know, they don't like being put off schedule, or whatever. They're so weird about that. Like, yeah, we'd love to go over there by Tuesday and party the whole week and then play the game and blah, 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 whatever. And it, that's when it started the chirping between that and like there was obvious dissension in the ranks because, you know, Lafle there was a lot of the Lafleur comments like, well, I don't know what he's talking about or this, that, or the next thing. And the Packers, and this is before the season even started decided to not take the buy after that week because their buy would have been what that was what week i don't remember the week number but yeah that was week that would have been week five because that that dropped into three and two because they were three and one going into that game they're three and six now on the end of a five game losing streak so that would have been week five they would have had a week six buy they didn't want the week six buy because that was too early in the season for them well now instead what they've done is they put themselves in an impossible situation where they left after playing uh, in Green Bay. Then they went to London, came home and played, lost, came home and played the Jets, lost, went to Washington, lost, went to Buffalo, lost, went to Detroit, lost. That's mm -hmm. five different cities in five weeks, yep. including going overseas and back into the East Coast and back twice. And and so the arrogance that they thought that they didn't need to take the buy. Now the Vikings didn't either, and they're seven and one. So that's a contradiction to my argument. However, in the case of the <laughs> Packers, if you look at the schedule and you look at what's up ahead, they obviously banked on the fact that they were just going to walk over the giants in London and then come home and walk over the jets and then walk over the commanders and then roll into Buffalo for the game of the year on Sunday <laughs> right. night football, which is by far their best game of the year yet which is a, you know, a, 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 yeah. a, a victory only on only in the hearts and minds, which didn't translate to <laughs> a, to any kind of uptick this week against uh, Detroit, you mm -hmm. know, so that's five different cities in two hemispheres and in, in eight time zones in five weeks. Mm -hmm. And they wonder why they're injured and Lafleur's teams don't do good on the road. This has been documented. You know, well, also or in, or in or in big games for that matter, but you know, the players so were mostly upset because they believe the turf is one of the main reasons that so many players are injured. Right, and I mean, and the yeah. one thing that gets you healthy is buys and home stands. When guys can help. just be home and take care of themselves, and this and that, they've been on the road. It's been the Packers road show for five straight weeks, and. It doesn't, it, and they're worn out. They're tired. They're beat down. They've got a rogue, toxic quarterback who's doing his own thing, not listening to the coach, who's setting a bad example. Because, because who else is going to listen to the coach if the if the, the the captain of the team is not listening to the coach? Mm -hmm. And then you've got a, mm, I almost swore there. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost said uh, dip. You know what? You got a you got a a, a, a dummy. dummy. A dumb just a dummy. You dumb, you've dummy. got a defensive defensive coordinator who's not worth following. So I mean, where are we? Where yeah. where where the where's the Packers team? It's 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 cooked. It's done. Yeah. Overhaul it. Can you overhaul it with the floor in, in place? Probably. But I mean, yeah. you got to get and, and and actually, you know what? Looking back, maybe they should have traded them, traded him to the Denver Broncos for probably more than what Seattle got for Russ Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with it now. The other thing is I think that everybody was trying to talk about how we should have been going out and getting a receiver or something like that. Packers should have been trading away Aaron Jones and a bunch of other guys. They should have been trading away assets. You know, like, seriously, um, we aren't giving Aaron Jones the ball anyhow for whatever reason. No. It makes no sense. He's the best player on this offense. Um, he's been consistently good when given the ball. And we're finding ways to do other things like, hey, man, 
Deguara doesn't have enough targets. And Deguara's fine. He's he's an okay second or third tight end. He, he's, but, I mean, he's come good, on. He, he's good use he's good use check when everything else is working. Yeah. Um You know, like yeah, I'd be yeah. fine if we're getting him catches if, you know, we're up, you know, 21 points and nobody's looking at him. Yeah, and that's we we've got Aaron Jones. I think you get like what were the total number of touches he had in this game? It was it was ridiculous. Just we'll just clear and simple, it's ridiculous. He has I mean, Aaron Rodgers was the leading rusher. Nine rushes on the day for Aaron Jones. Nine rushes. I mean, he got hurt. But, I mean, he played a half. And he had nine carries in that half. And I think one catch, which well, I think he, his one catch actually. No, he had two catches. And I think he had another one that was on a holding. But Mind you, against the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. Right. Who I think had given up more than 25 points in every game up to something this like that yeah and uh the other thing was the packers had there were only uh paul noonan at badger noonan put this up only four teams right no sorry the badgers were, or packers were fourth only three teams in the nfl had more yards this week than the packers did all those other teams won of course but the mm-hmm. packers scored nine points instead so it's just, yeah, I mean, I mean, when you when you have three interceptions in the red zone, that'll really kill a drive, you know. <laughs> yes, it's terrible. All right, um, why? Why? And, and here, and here's, and tell the Rogers supporters, why is it the coach's fault and everyone else's fault and the receiver's fault? On well, the GM's when, fault because none of those guys G, are good. And the GM's fault when a quarterback throws three red zone picks, like in any other town, it would be without question, except for no. maybe Tampa Bay. And maybe, nah, I don't know. No, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you know, any other rough. town, you throw three three reds on picks, you're you're, you're yelling for the Joe Burrows. Maybe made a little bit of headway in Cincinnati. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. And there's a couple others, but and almost any other town, you throw three picks in the red zone, people are calling for you to be benched. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't care how good you are. I mean, like you're talking like. Drew Brees Manning late in their career that that's kind of like people did maybe. call for Manning to get benched right did, well did. Manning Manning almost did get benched for Drew Osweiler yeah you know like Drew Osweiler is the reason why they made the playoffs that no, year Brock Osweiler yeah. Manning you know he was he, he he played all the games up to the playoffs while Manning was hurt and Manning just came in and time to be the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl so mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller could win it for him yeah, but was... you know it's it's like he every everyone should be screaming for Rodgers to be benched, but instead they're screaming that Lafleur needs to be fired because of his play calling and whatnot. No, he threw terrible passes. He's he's not good. He is not good. And yes, I'm, I understand he's been the MVP the last two years, but whatever not. whatever happened in the off season, he he looks like even just the difference between last year and this year. Like last year, at least he still looked like a, a like a a grizzled old man. Now he just looks like a skinny old man who sure. has really bad hair. Yeah. You know, like you can tell he just, it, it's not, he's, he's not built like how he used to be either. Yeah. Like, and if you're going to talk about too, the, wow, we've got all these new young receivers and they're not very good. And he said, you know, what would have been really cool then is if your quarterback had gone through camp with them. Right. Because he didn't do any of that either. So that's that's another thing that is on Aaron. Nobody told him don't show up, don't you dare. It would have been good if he'd have shown up and then practiced with the young guys he had no rapport with and done something about it. But no, he doesn't. You, care. you know what? You know what the perfect quarterback would be: the skill set of Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson put together, and like halfway between where their personalities are. <laughs> They're both, yeah. Kind of out instead there. Of, instead of Aaron Rodgers, just completely isolated, you know. Ex, you know, ill communicated. Yeah. I know that's a, not a word, but it's a Beastie Boys album. Uh, <laughs> ill communication. communication <laughs> uh, nice. But uh, but you know, like he doesn't communicate with his team versus you know, rah rah rah, cringy Russell Wilson. If you were to find like a ha- happy medium between those two, and a happy medium between their talents, that'd be the perfect quarterback. Yeah. All right. Well, basically, from here on out, we're going to be watching kind of just what is the circus in town at this point, but. We'll move on to happier football talk, and we will bring you 
the Wisconsin Badgers football team playing Maryland. And this was fantastic. It was a sloppy, gross game. I don't think we have the rights to play that. Come on, man. No, oh, if I'm humming know. it, though, what was that song? It's, it's your rendition, I suppose. Yeah, it's something different. Come on, I'm Wisconsin's <laughs> got to be way past... Um, What's that thing that Winnie the Pooh just like went past? Copyright? copyright? I don't know. Yeah, 100, the 100 year the hundred year rule. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though. Right? Uh, a copyright can only last for a hundred years, and then it goes into public. Some of it went to public domain, but I don't know if that did. I think at one point, actually, Michael Jackson had purchased the rights to on Wisconsin. Either way. Oh, uh, the, uh, I thought you were talking. I thought you were going to argue about Winnie the Pooh, and I'm like, no, Winnie the Pooh definitely went into public domain because just this a creepy, year, a creepy horror movie made about Winnie the Pooh, uh, <laughs> right? Because it did go into public domain, and hence the new Coke thing. But I wouldn't doubt, actually. You know what? I wouldn't doubt if Michael Jackson did buy on Wisconsin because Michael Jackson owned a whole bunch of music at one point. He he did. Anyhow, yes. um, Badgers get two touchdowns in the first half, and that stands. Basically, that's basically how it went. Uh, they get a good. They had one really good drive. They took some time off the clock in the first quarter. Uh, minute twenty-one left. They, you know, it was a twelve-play, seventy-seven-yard drive. Took off six minutes, six minutes one second, and then Braylon Allen gets the nine-yard touchdown run. Uh, took it, bounced, went off left, took it towards the pylon, and went in untouched. Uh, and then Isaac Garendo, the track star, has an eighty-nine-yard run. Uh, just Staying just inside the, uh, the 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 out of bounds line, and that was really all they needed for us today, which is good because it was, like you said last week, it was wet and it was windy. The wind Ooh, was the was, biggest problem. Yeah, no, I I was at drill in Madison that day, and you know those uh, they look like um, uh, the the concrete barriers except they're plastic and filled with water. Yeah, we had a we had a couple of those tip over up at the FRC. In okay. Madison, because it was so windy, those things weigh like 500 pounds. Like it was, it was ridiculously windy in Madison on Saturday. Like uh, incredible. Like you know how you can judge by how where a, a flag is off the flagpole. It was like mm-hmm. a sheet of paper sticking off the side, vibrating. That's how fast the wind was blowing out of the south on Saturday in Madison. <laughs> it was in. We couldn't believe that they were actually playing the game, especially since a thunderstorm rolled through at the same time. Oh, must not have been close enough for actual lightning because there, there was a couple of thunder booms like right around 11 o'clock in the morning, but uh, oh. enough that I think it cleared up before game time because we were I had my I had my E4s keeping track on their phones and updating me with scores because I was too busy to watch or listen to the game. But uh, yeah, no, the weather outside was ridiculous during the yeah. game. I can't I mean, it was the same reason why Ohio State was having a hard time with Northwestern. It wasn't because Northwestern was any good. Like everybody's like, Oh, it's Northwestern for real. No, the weather was insane. The couple people who were saying same there. Yeah. There were a couple of people who were like, Graham Mertz is terrible. I can't believe his game today. You're like, his numbers were better than CJ Stroud's today. His numbers were better. The only thing that was really confusing to me about the entire game plan, because the defensive plan was great. They came after uh, Tagovailoa. The little tug of Iowa, the the younger one. Little tug, <laughs> little tugs, <laughs> little tugs. <laughs> they they came after him pretty well, bottled him up. He had a couple nice runs. Um, I mean, he's he's a very good athlete. Uh, I don't know if he's NFL type caliber, but he's a very good college quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he couldn't throw. Nobody could throw. Uh, so he yeah. ends up with a ten of twenty three for seventy seven yards. Graham Mertz, 5 of 18 for 77 yards. Uh, but Tugavailoa does throw a bad pick. He does manage to throw a touchdown. Even with a touchdown, though, his QBR is lower than Mertz's. Uh, Badgers end up with uh, 278 yards of rushing. And that really is the difference, is they were able to keep uh, the freshman Roman Hemby kind of tied down. I mean, he got 4.1 a carry, but that wasn't enough to keep drives going because they did manage several sacks of Tugavailoa too, which was, I thought that was very impressive to get, uh, see the total that five sacks as a team. So that was really good. Uh, Herbig getting back in there was fantastic for this team. He didn't play last week. He was injured. I think he was available in spot duty, but, uh, played this game, played really well, had a couple big plays. Keanu Benton was on a mission. It was fantastic. So that was really good. Uh, yeah. Good game by the linebackers all around. Uh, Latu had a nice game, too. Uh, the defense plan was 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 dead in and set on, and the offense was 
you know, getting more to the edges in the run game, which was a little bit better. The only thing that confused me was the number of deep balls they threw. It made no sense. It was just a prayer because Mertz has some good things going for him. He, he, he's played very well this year, I think. He's not great, and he's definitely not leaving us for the NFL. But right. um, but he's played very well. He's played as well as anybody who was excited by Brooks Bollinger or, or you know Jim Sorgi. Um, this was or easily Jack that Cohen. good. Yeah, Jack Cohn to a certain degree. Yeah, he's been playing really well. But the... He doesn't have the the driving ball on his deep ball. It it goes up. It kind of hangs. Um, you know, like Stafford's does that too. That's kind of one reason I didn't like Stafford. The ball hangs forever, but um, it, it, it doesn't work in the wind. You know, you've got to be able to drive the ball if you're going to throw deep in the wind or throw it all in the wind for the most part. And he can drive on the short passes. He definitely had that, but his his deep ball was up in the air for a long time and just just stopping. You know, and it's like then his wide receiver has to stop and. You know, one time it turned into a pass interference because the defender never turned to look and just kept was like, oh, keep going. And he just ran right through. I think it was Skyler, Skyler Bell. But yeah, it was, I didn't understand doing that. It's just kind of a waste of a down. I got some of the, you know, it should have done more play action, rollout stuff. That stuff worked great. The, the pass to uh, the fullback, um, that one worked really well, I thought. Uh, was it Acker? Uh, that worked pretty well. I mean, there were five completions. So it's Jackson Acker had one. Keontes Lewis had one. He also should have had another, but he got interfered with badly. And Shamari DK had the other three. So, right. Yeah. No, uh, you're, you're, t- you're talking about wasting downs on uh, just h- hucking it up there and wasting downs. I thought you were talking about the last drive of the Packer game again. I was like, John, we're on to Badgers now. <laughs> right. Uh, so 23 so 10. And actually, this is one we were. That's probably the one I was most concerned with, but from now on, I guess my most my biggest concern is can this team score against Iowa? Iowa, you know, because well, I guess can you score more points that Iowa's not going to score? Well, that, except for Iowa, the last two weeks has been actually moving the ball on offense. If Iowa, and I mean, I guess Wisconsin's defense is better than the teams Iowa's played the last two weeks in terms of their defense, right? But Iowa's looked good the last two weeks and has been getting going on offense. Um, let's see their last couple of games. They, they've, um, well, they lost after they lost to Illinois and then they lost to Ohio state 54 to 10 Illinois nine to six loss at Illinois, but then they beat up on Northwestern 33, 13, but then they put up 24 against Purdue. So hmm. that, that's pretty impressive because that Purdue is better on offense than they are on defense. And they only scored three points on Iowa. Uh, but it's uh they're not a bad defense, but still uh it's gonna be interesting. This could be a really rough game for both offenses. Um, it could be like the Illinois nine six game that Iowa just had a couple right. weeks back. Yeah, Iowa's defense and playing at, in Kinnick, which is the hard part. Yeah, that uh, is going there and playing in that stadium. Uh, which by the way, I don't I love jump around. Waving to the hospital is the best tradition in college football. Right. Uh, jump around is great, but, but waving to the sick kids is better and good on them. I love that tradition. Um, well, and, uh, and I was a, a, a beautiful campus too. Yeah. I was city. I, I remember I went there for wrestling camps when I was a kid, um, when I was in uh, junior high and early high school, mm-hmm. uh, because of course, uh, Dan Gable had his right. Iowa wrestling camps that we went to. So, um, and uh, as an adult, I've been back through Iowa City a couple times, and I, every time I drive through there, I'm like, it, it's 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 for people who are used to Madison, which is a, a larger city with a, a based around a campus. Uh, Iowa City is a campus with a city built around it. You know, like that's that's it. You know, I think I said the same thing there, but I, what I meant to say was, <laughs> Wisconsin's a campus inside a big city where. Iowa City is one of those ones where it's a campus with the city built around it at this point. And it's like, it's the whole town and it's on the river. It's gorgeous. Kinnick Stadium is tight. Like you walk in there yeah, and the so. stands are on top of the field. Like those corners <laughs> of the end zone are like three feet away from the stands. Like there's no standoff distance. So it's, you know, the fans are right on top of you. So, um, so I meant to ask you too, before we got into the yeah. uh, looking forward, um, so was Maryland the favorite going into this game? Cause they were six and two coming in. No, Wisconsin was actually the favorite and Wisconsin right now yeah. is a one and a half point favorite on the road to Iowa. 
I could see that. So, I mean, I guess Maryland coming into Wisconsin, it, it's hard to come into Wisconsin and it's Maryland. So, okay. And then uh, my other question was, so uh, Grendo, is he going to be like James White where we kind of saw him in college and we knew he was good, but he was always second fiddle because of all the other good running backs. Is he going to end up in the NFL on like a fifth round draft pick and go be a Super Bowl? MVP? He could be a seventh round pick and be a return guy. Uh, he's yeah. not like a great returner, but he does have great breakout speed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more like Terrell Fletcher than James White. Because James White was, you know, one of those guys. Like, he had a couple thousand yard seasons. Um, True story. Yeah. Correndo's more. Good pull, good pull on course, Fletcher, by the way. Fletcher had several Fletcher. thousand yard seasons, too. Just he was there mm-hmm. with, with um, Brent Moss. The, mm-hmm. the difference is, like, Brent Moss was the guy but right. didn't have anything that stood out in the NFL. And Terrell Fletcher had actual breakout speed. Fletcher uh, ended up going to the Chargers, right? Correct. Yeah, he was with the Chargers for a while. He was a punt returner, kick returner, and, you know, third down back when people were hurt, you know, kind of thing. Right. It was nice. Well, kind of like yeah. kind of like Michael Bennett, too, then. So, Yeah, Bennett had one good year in the NFL and kind of hurt his knees and just kind of done. Badgers, well, going, always... Badgers going to the Vikings is just anyways. a curse that just – there to curse you and break you and <laughs> well that's 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 the reverse James. Cur- that's that's the reverse curse of all the good bis- Minnesota basketball players going to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, so, um but yeah no this is going to be this, a rough this, game this, I think this, this week. The, the streams flow both ways John as we learned in <laughs> Ghostbusters. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. But no I always uh, that's a that's a good oh. team and uh I just it's going to be hard to figure out how they went. Wisconsin is technically second uh in the west right now. Illinois is four and two. The Badgers are three and three. Purdue three and three. Iowa three and three. Minnesota three and three. Nebraska only two games out at two and four. <laughs> it's just well, Wisconsin's so, I mean, going to play Minnesota and Nebraska to end the year, you know, and 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 they're going to have to play Iowa. And I mean, so so technically, if if the if the Badgers win out, and Illinois Illinois is it up and loses out, if they lose out, yeah. They've got the tiebreaker. The, bad, so yeah. the Badgers could win the West, right? It's a theoretical possibility, yes. Because they'd have the better record if if the Badgers win it. out, they'd have beaten. Also, that would mean they'd beaten Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, the next four teams below them. And yeah, I, we'd have to finish a game ahead of Illinois. So Illinois would have that's, to lose. That's what I'm yeah. So I think like so Illinois is six and two, so they'd be six and five. If the Badgers went out, they'd be seven and four. Yeah, Illinois would have to lose their last. Well, if the Badgers went out, they'd be three and what was it? Three or six and three in the Big Ten. And Illinois would have to finish five and four. So they'd have to lose at least two of them. So, so what you're saying if, is there's a chance. There's a chance. Um, that Illinois team looks really good, though. So we'll see. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I know. I, I highly doubt it's going to happen. But I have more hope got in it. that happening than the Packers making the playoffs. So right. Let's, uh, you got to you got to be I gotta push my first. chips to the middle on someone. You know? Yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, what you should do is push your chips to the middle on the Milwaukee Bucks. No. Yes. Aaron did give us the uh, the little foreshadowing here that the Bucks did did lose their first game of the year today with the uh, the Hawks. But other than that, it was a pretty good week. The, the The game against the Thunder was massively fun for me in that the, the Bucks sat everybody. You've seen, I'm sure, anybody who's on Twitter, you've probably seen, and you follow anything Bucks, I'd say, uh, it, which you probably do if you follow this podcast, I guess. But they had a great little image that's going around of, you know, Giannis kind of dancing to the music that's going on in the arena while eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was how it felt. Cause you know, obviously Middleton and Connington are still out. Um, Giannis didn't play. Uh, gosh, who else just didn't bother? Play? So we got a, the starting lineup is Portis, uh, <laughs> Brooke, and... Portis, Bouchamp, uh, Lopez, Carter, and holiday. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean like getting Carter and holiday big minutes in there, bringing uh, Allen off the bench. There was a point where the lineup was, um, was it Beauchamp, Noara, Ibaka, Matthews, and Allen. And they played yeah. for several minutes. Every one of those players had uh, double-digit minutes in this game. No, uh, everybody did, except for Theonis, who got his uh, one, uh, minute. One, minute, one minute at the end that he always gets. So <laughs> Wes played 13. Otherwise, everybody else played at least 21 minutes. George yeah. Hill... 
Allen, Luara, Abaka. I mean, Abaka had 24 minutes. That's got to be the most minutes he's had as a buck since he's been. <laughs> right? You know, yeah, he played Oshawa. significant time. He had a couple nice plays. He had a good block um, following the play. Well, he had well, two then, blocks in the game. You know, I didn't see this game either because this was also Saturday. So drilled. Oh, but, no. Uh, I stayed up and watched I mean, it. So, I mean, that's disappointing that Beauchamp only had to just make it Beauchamp. Beauchamp. Beauchamp only scored two points in 25 minutes, though, huh? He, he, he looked good in a couple places. Uh, he had the, the defense going for him. He had a couple nice rebounds that, that really helped things move along. Uh, yeah, Carter. Carter played as well as I've ever seen him play, and he, basically it was like the game where he wanted to remind us that uh, he should have played more in the playoffs last year, which he should mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 points for him. Five for nine from three. Um, heck of a game. Well, I'm only asking about Beauchamp because he scored 14 points against the, the Timberwolves on uh, Friday night and had a monstrous dunk. Yeah. you think with all that time against a team like the Thunder, he'd have more than just two I, points. But... I'm just very excited he's getting time. Because well, as we've story. noted, him, him, him and Nora both, I think both those kids have a ton of talent to really do put it toward, towards the team. And uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really liked seeing them getting a chance to see the young guys get out there because we're going to need those minutes here early in the season. Uh, this is one where it's like, this is the one where they should have finally lost. Um, yeah, OKC is young and they had some injuries. But they got some guys who can play. They got some guys who can score. Um, and so it was just, you know, it was nice to see them playing good defense and sticking with it and getting, you know, big minutes from young guys who could go out there and do things. Also big minutes from, you know, Carter and Portis. But, yeah, no, just having that to say we can have a game like this where we can rest guys and still win by 14 on the road. So it's – oh, no. No, they were home. I'm sorry. They're They're home, too. For some so, so reason John, in my head, did, I uh, choose who, who did Marjan Beauchamp play for? Who did he play for? Oh, shoot. He's, in, yeah. In college. I, I'm forgetting where he came from. I I remember seeing it, and I can pull it up on the interwebs, but. Uh, no, 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 that was pop quiz. Yakima Valley, uh, Yakima Valley College, Yaks. Oh. Well, that's and, nice. Uh, and which is a public college in Yakima, Washington. Who's so small on their Wikipedia page? It doesn't say how many people go to their school. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, that's right underneath the uh, right underneath the, uh, the summary. Yeah. Geez. Uh, oh God, it doesn't even say how many. Come on, you, you're hanging me up to dry here. Oh, it's located on South 16th Avenue and Knob Hill Ball Boulevard in Yakima. By the way, it does say that. <laughs> well, there you go, and there you have it, folks. And yeah, there you go. Bucks again go deep in the in the um the bench today, which which is kind of good. I mean, like they won't in the playoffs, but it's good to do that now. Even this game here, where we were dealing with um you know having everybody fairly healthy. I mean, we still don't have Middleton, of course, but Holiday, Lopez, Giannis, uh, Grayson Allen, and uh, Carter starting this one today, uh, and that's still like you know. Getting 23 minutes out of Portis, getting 12 minutes from Ibaka, 17 from Nuara, 17 from Hill. Beauchamp in there for 11 minutes. That's nice. He gets four points today. Uh, yeah, just not enough scoring. Don't even hit 100 today. Uh, I mean, going and playing in Atlanta, that team can score, but you'd figure the Bucks should be able to get to 100. They lose 98 to 117 today. That's one that just closed up while we were here. Uh, recording as well so we don't have a lot on that we can kind of roll that into next week but you know they shoot 32 percent from uh three uh but they only shoot 41 percent from the floor overall so that yeah if you can't get that up a little bit more especially just your regular shots then that's gonna hurt uh and the rest of basketball because we do now also have college basketball we want to at least touch on some of this the Badgers played host to the South Dakota Coyotes. <laughs> they kept saying coyotes on the broadcast. Um, they had one kid who was just dropping points like crazy. Um, is it Parat Hunt? This kid came in. He put in 12 points in eight minutes at one point. He shot 10 of 20. Uh, th- this team, man, um, there were not a lot of wide open threes. But the Coyotes could not hit their threes. They were 2 of 15. 
they didn't hit their first three till they were like, I think it was eight minutes left in the game, maybe less. Uh, Badgers, who they kept reminding us in the broadcast, were the worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten last year, shot 46.2% from three. A uh, couple new guys that were really fun to kind of see out there. Um, a couple transfers. There's McGee, uh, Kamari McGee. He's a transfer from UW Green Bay. Uh, he's from. Looks like it's from uh, Racine. Racine or Racine? I've heard people from Racine say either one, which is confusing as all get go. From I know, right? It's Racine. Like, yeah, right? I think so. I've always, I usually have heard that, but there's yeah. some people say the other one. Um, since I moved since I moved south here, I've heard it more the racing because when I was up north, so it's racing. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. <laughs> well, it was like there's this song in, in, in quiz in quiz bowl when we do the geography thing. It was racing. Okay, so well, no, that's good I, enough I for me. Yeah, I mean that's that was 1997. I mean, right. nothing's changed since then. <laughs> yeah, right. it's the same city. Right. Uh, Max Klesmit is a guy who came over from Wofford. Uh, he went uh, three for six, including two for three from three point put up 11 uh as the starting guard here who filled in there uh wall had some nice play down the stretch he had some trouble with the shot uh he was only five of 11 but he he got to the line plenty had a couple big dunks that really you know got the crowd going he had a great steal that uh, turned into a dunk it was fantastic um Asijian is this young kid uh freshman who ended up with six points he had a nice game he's got a good stroke they said on the broadcast he's the 10th all-time leading scorer in the history of like Indiana basketball. Like, all right, let's put him out there. He looks like he's 12, though. He does. He's got the kind of rosy cheek thing, too. So, yeah, once he gets going, he, he looks like a he's such a kid. I mean, he is a kid. I'm here. I'm still looking up how to pronounce Racine. Okay. Um, but, yeah, CJN looked really good out there, too. It was nice to see guys off the bench. The Badgers last year did not play very deep off the bench because they had a couple – High-end players are trying to get in there uh, this year with Jordan Davis filling in, Max Klesmit in there, um, and then Crowell and Hepburn back. It's nice seeing them go down the bench a little bit more and, and getting more of guys like McGee and uh, Jacoby Neath, uh, and like we said, uh, Gilmore, Iver, uh, and, and getting some some more time out of those guys. They win 85 to 59. It was close in like the first 11 minutes or so, uh, and then the Badgers just kind of walked away from him. Marquette got to start off by playing the Radford Highlanders, which is not a team I'd heard of before. Um, but either way, they get a 10-point win. They win 79-69, to 69, and yeah, just they were ahead the whole way. Uh, big game from Iguodaro getting 19. Uh, Prosper drops in 13, getting double digits also from uh, Jones and Mitchell. Uh, Tyler Kolick ends up with nine, so just missed out on that. But they go deep there, too, uh, getting Joplin, uh, Itejere, and uh, Jones, and Ross, and Gold to get some uh, major minutes in there for that team. But getting uh, 26.3 from three and being able to shoot 45% from from the floor for this team. So, yeah, that's where we are with uh, basketball. The other fun part is... Uh, Badger women's basketball, of course, started off with uh, the biggest rival that Wisconsin basketball has. Obviously, in-state rivalry is huge. It's very important for both schools. Uh, they're playing UW-Milwaukee. Uh, it's just a joke for everybody out there because we all know that Wisconsin's rivals are in their own conference because that's how rivalries should work, generally speaking. Um, but other than that, I think we've hit everything that we hit in our major section here. We're going to finish up by trying to roll through everything else that we have here in a segment of the show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right. For last call, like normal, we're going to start with volleyball. Uh, UW women went to play at Illinois. They beat them three to nothing. That's 22-19 and 22 for the number three ranked Wisconsin volleyball team. Kill percentage is fantastic. It was uh, 22.1 for Wisconsin and 6.5 for Illinois. Here's one of my favorite stats I've ever seen for volleyball. Uh, Illinois in the first set had a negative 0.27 kill percentage. Because the way you figure it out is the number of kills 
minus the number of errors divided by the total attacks. So they had more errors than they had kills. So they ended up with a negative kill. They had 12 errors, 11 kills. So they're at a negative one out of uh, 31 attempts or attacks. That was pretty fantastic. Illinois did have seven aces in this game to Wisconsin's three. But other than that, uh, Wisconsin just walked away with this one. Uh, Sarah Franklin led in kills with 14, followed by nine by uh, Julia Orzow and Devin Robinson with seven. Uh, Danielle Hart had eight blocks. Robinson uh, came in right behind it with four. Uh, Izzy Ashburn led the team in digs. And uh, Chanel Bromschreiber had nine. Let's see. Then they played a home match against Indiana. They win that one three to one, continuing the win streak. They win 18, 17, 25, 24, uh, losing the third set, of course. And they won the kill percentage on this one, 25.2 to 15.5. The total attacks in this one uh, was 131 to 155. So Indiana had more attacks at the net, and they were just way less successful. Uh, Franklin, again, leads away with kills 18, uh, followed up by nine each for Anna Smrek and uh, Devin Robinson again. Smrek also led in blocks with five, followed by Danielle Hart with three. Uh, Orzow had 16 digs. Bromschreiber had 13 for that game. Next matchup will be... Next matchup then will be Rutgers on uh, the 11th, Maryland on the 12th, and then going to Rutgers on the 18th. They will end, however, with at number 15, Penn State, at number four, Nebraska, and at number six, Ohio State. Uh, Marquette Volleyball is the 17th ranked team in the country. They thumped Georgetown 3 0 in the 17 13 10 route. Uh, kill percentages with 36.6 to 8.6. Uh, Aubrey Hamilton had nine kills, followed by Jenna Reitzma with nine. Well, I guess together, both had nine. Uh, Hattie Bray had three blocks to lead the way. Adhira and Chante from Lima, Peru had three blocks. Uh, and then Carly Scrabic, we mentioned her last week, leads the way with nine digs, followed by Reitzman with eight. They then played Villanova again at home. Uh, get all three sets in this one, 16, 22, and 18. Hamilton and uh, Reitzma again lead the way with kills, uh, with 12 and nine respectively. Uh, Carson Murray with three blocks in this game. Scrabic again leads with digs. And Achante had 11 digs. Scrabic had 13. In the WIAC conference games, uh, Whitewater ends up being the conference champions. They're 7-0 in conference now. Whitewater beat Platteville 3-0 and then beat UWSP 3-1. Um, UWSP then also had a 3-2 win over Oshkosh. And then a 3-1 win over... River Falls. Oshkosh right now still remains number eight, though, while Whitewater is 12, UWSP is 15, and Eau Claire is 17th in the country. In cross country, we'll just let you know next uh, week here, uh, this following weekend, uh, Division I regionals will be at Terre Haute for the Badgers, men and women. Uh, WIAC teams will be going to Northfield, Minnesota on the 12th for the D3 regionals. Uh, Division three basketball preseason polls are out. Uh, only two ranked teams from Wisconsin. Uh, UW Oshkosh is currently ranked number three to start the season. UW Lacrosse is ranked 15th. I went there, and that blows my mind. They were never good, but uh, they are good right now. In hockey, the UW men's team continues to break everybody's heart and insist on the future firing of Coach Granado <laughs> because they lose... Five to nothing, and then five to one. Brock Caulfield, the only goal of the weekend. It came on a power play from Cruz Lucius and Ben Dexheimer. Um, next week, though, the Badgers have a chance. They'll be at home against the Long Island University Sharks, which is not a team I had heard of ten years ago, but they are an existing team at this point. Um, the Shark, women... sharks are sharks are loan sharks. They're sharks. Yeah, that would make they're more from, sense. They're from Lo they're from Long Island. They could be the Long Island Loan Sharks. Long Island. Yeah. Uh, Long the women did yeah, not. Yeah, I'm play. from Long Island. I'm a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. You want yeah. to get some money? I can get you some money. <laughs> uh, the women don't play again until the 19th and 20th when Minnesota will come to the LeBon Center to face UW. 
uh, in. I'll give you a quick rundown of WIAC and NCHA uh, men's hockey. Northland uh, loses both games this weekend, three to one to Concordia of Minnesota, and then four to one to St. John's. Number fifteenth UW Eau Claire gets a four to one, or pardon me, a four to three win against St. John's in overtime, and a three nothing win over Gustavus Adolphus, the Golden Gusties. That's actually their name. Not like a, that's not like a flottum joke. Uh, River Falls gets a two nothing win over Concordia of Wisconsin, and then Covers. yeah meets Concordia again four nothing the following night. Number sixteen UWSP gets a two to nothing tie of Gustavus Adolphus. That is their second tie in as many weeks. They have more ties than wins or losses at this point. Uh, then they get a two to one win over Saint Scholastica. Stout gets a four to one win over Saint Scholastica, and then follows that up. By a three to two win over the number five ranked Augsburg uh, team, so that's that's a pretty impressive win. Superior Aaron, not superior when they played number one ranked Adrian. They lose three to seven, but they bounce back to beat Concordia, Minnesota, which I believe are the Cobbers, uh, five to four. The Golden Cobbers. <laughs> sure. Where's Adrian? That's got to be Adrian's in in Michigan. Pardon me. Michigan? Okay. Yeah. St. Norbert I don't, did I not don't play. That. I don't remember that team at all. I don't know. They're like the Bulldogs, anything. I believe. Um, sure they are. In NCHA, other than Concordia, the only other team that played was the, the Milwaukee School of Engineering, which gets two wins over Lake Forest, which is in Illinois. They win 3 nothing and 8-5. In women's hockey, River the Falls. Battle, battle, battle of the rich schools. <laughs> right. Uh, number six, River Falls beats St. Mary's 5-2. to two. Northland women beat Saint, or pardon me, lose to Saint Olaf one to five, and then tied them the next game two to two. Superior gets a five three win over Hamlin, so that Aaron Flottam can talk trash to Tommy Bonick about women's <laughs> hockey. Uh, <laughs> number eight UW Eau Claire gets a three to nothing win over Saint Mary's. The only other thing we do want to mention is. Uh, wrestling started this week. Number nine Wisconsin went to the Rockfin. Uh, Matt challenge in Jacksonville where they had basically three individual duels. Uh, they beat Chattanooga 35 to three and then Buffalo 31 to six on winning those two. They win their mat section and then got to play the winner of the other mat, which is number 14th ranked Iowa state. They lose six to 23 in or probably six to 26 in that one. Only wins were a decision by Garrett Modal at 157 and James Rowley at 174. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a rough start there, but it's a good start getting 2-1 and one there in those duels. Uh, they also sent 11 wrestlers to the Michigan State Open on the same day. Uh, five of those wrestlers placed in that match. So that's, that, that is a busy weekend to sending players in a lot of different directions. The next will be a... A uh, for, at the dual match against Cornell, who is unranked, they should get that one, and then they will be uh, on November twenty second in Austin, Texas, wrestling the NWCA All Star Classic. So that'll be fun to see. Aaron, I rolled through a lot there quickly. Is there anything that you have to add here before we start wrapping up the uh, show? Yeah, no, I would like to say that uh, this is how you pronounce Racine. Racine. There we go. Racine. The, the internet remains undefeated. Racine. 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 Jeez. Founded in 1836 on the River, which uh, Racine is French for root. John, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I did not. It is, the, it is the city with the largest Danish population outside of Greenland. And <laughs> not Denmark. Or, or, no, I mean, uh, sorry. Okay. The largest Danish population in the Western Hemisphere. Denmark. Other than Greenland? Well, Greenland is still Greenland. part of Denmark, isn't it? I don't know. I read it. But anyhow, and of course, known for the Danish and the official Kringle of Wisconsin oh, yeah. is from Racine. And you can get That's those true. at Aldi's. There's, Racine. Yeah. We had the, the fun song Racine. that we enjoyed singing. Racine. Jeez, that's enough. Nobody wants to hear Racine that much. Just <laughs> wanted to hammer it home. It's All right. Racine. There was a um, there's a song called the Cantique de Jean Racine, Jean Racine, but everyone would always joke to like this is that Cantique of Jean from Racine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, nice. Yeah, so, so 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 do that. So do that that part again where you said it in French, except you say Racine, Racine. instead of Racine. Racine. Yeah, it's like, 
Yeah. Racine. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. That scene. Yeah. Sexy and French. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful week of everything that wasn't Packers in the state of Wisconsin. Right. Uh, we'll come Inclu- back including next the, week. Including the, the Racine Kringles. Yeah. Yes. Come back next week. Ras- we'll have Raspberry more, is the best. We'll the have more Bucks. We'll have more Badgers. We'll have more Golden Eagles. We'll have also Packers, I guess. But we'll do all these things again next week. Uh, thank you for joining us again. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pod. You can follow me at NotSoHumbleHost. And you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.